Hey everybody, this is Mike Cripps, your Game Master for Escape the Dungeon. Just wanted to pop in here before the start of this episode to let you know that this is more of an introductory episode to um, who we are as a cast and the game and the kind of stories that we're going to be telling. Um, we're not going to actually start playing Scum and Villainy in this episode. If you're just interested in listening to actual gameplay, uh, go ahead and skip to the next episode. We won't be mad. Um, we are happy to have you here. Uh, if you'd like to get to know us a little bit more, keep on listening. Escape the dungeon! Hello and welcome! This is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. That's right, it is a role-playing actual play podcast where we don't play the game that you're thinking of right now. We're not going to name it. Uh, my name is Mike Cripps. I'm going to be your host and your game master for the first season of this podcast, this brand new podcast that we're so excited to do. And, you know, when I was first thinking of how to do this, of how to put together a role-playing actual game podcast, I did a little research and uh, it told me that the most successful way to do this is to play with a group of three brothers. Um, seems to be a recipe that works well, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, Is that I, true? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to introduce the first of these three players that I am so excited to be here with. Uh, here's what you need to know about this guy. He cares very deeply about one of the Manchester football teams, though I can never remember which. Uh, he cares about winning arguments, and he's a pretty darn good cook. Uh, my old, old friend, Zach Brass. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, those were, I guess, technically correct. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm Zach. Uh, I will be playing in this as the oldest brother, Although I'm not going to be the oldest brother in the game. Um, I don't think any of the... They're not my brothers at all. Um, but that doesn't matter. Um, anyway, yes, uh, Manchester United. That's the one, by the way. Um, if you'll ever remember. Uh, I'm going to introduce... Is that the one that Ted Lasso coaches? No, no. He, he actually coaches an imaginary team. Um, no, it's, it doesn't it's a exist. documentary. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll, no, either way, no, um, there, there's no way they had enough money to put, uh, us all in the spotlight of that. And the, I just can't imagine the owners letting them do it without tremendous amounts of money, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not, not our owners. No, sorry. Uh, so anyway, um, that's, that's probably all that you need to know about me, but I'm gonna introduce the uh, the middle uh, the middle sibling here. Uh, you know the most important things, of course, are that his favorite uh, 
thing growing up were dinosaurs. He's fast at running, and he's got really good movie taste. <laughs> uh, my younger, my middle brother, Dom. Hey, I'm Dom. I'm the I'm the middle brother. Uh, that's most. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is accurate. And dinosaurs are still great, by the way. But, uh, you know, I think they're massively underrated considering how I definitely don't think they're underrated. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I think people lose the magic and the love for dinosaurs. And it's just it's crazy. So, uh, Dom, you, you have good movie opinions? So, I would say so, but I'm sure we have plenty of disagreements. You're, you're really into things like um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? Shut up. <laughs> I, no, I haven't seen it. I, I'm sure it's fine. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I've heard mixed things. I'm sure I'd like it well enough. But no, no, that is not the kind of movie that that we're really looking at. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm the I'm the middle brother. Um, yeah, Zach kind of basically got it. Uh, uh, my one and only younger brother is also going to be playing with us. Uh, his name is Nate, and the main things about him, he is just like the he's the he's the crazy one when playing role play games. He's just uh. He just always plays the crazy stuff, and uh, he's usually the magic guy. Uh, all around, I mean, you know, he's an okay guy. He's solidly, you know, solid B tier as a person, I'd say. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't want to. I, I don't want to say too much. I, I want to let him. Uh, Speak, uh, speak to it himself um, and get into lots of arguments with Mike, presumably. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think me and Mike uh, get into too many arguments so much as I, I just test to see what what his boundaries are on on the game we're playing. You know, I just want to I want to know. Yeah, fair enough. It's not so much that we get into arguments as Nate is my uh, Sisyphusian punishment that oh the gods have given me uh, to deal with <laughs> that is never ending and is a test of my patience and character. You know, some say Emily Axford is that to Brandon Lee Mulligan. So, like, that's a pretty good place to be. Hi, I'm Nate. I am here. I am the younger brother of two of these players, and uh, I am the bane of Mike's existence. Why he invited me to play in this um, with him, I will never know. But yeah, uh, back to Mike, I guess. Um, I'll let you handle it from here um, to let people know a little bit more about our GM um, Mike is an only child and sadly not our father. Um, so if you thought you were getting that from this podcast, no, no. Yeah, that was, that was the one part of the formula I just, I couldn't make do with. I'm hoping it's like a time travel, but it, yeah. it still didn't work out, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping that it's like a applesauce for butter kind of thing where it just more or less works and you can't really tell the difference. <laughs> oh my god. 
Um, Mike is also a forever GM playing all different types of games all the time. Um, I feel like you just uh, can't handle it sometimes when you're a player. You're like, guys, I have too many ideas. <laughs> Let's play more games. Um, and he loves comics and hates animation. All that things animated, is a get disparaging remark. I care deeply about animation which is why I don't like much of the anime that you guys watch. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah, that's just slander. It Some of slander. us have taste. Wow, okay. I believe in my intro, it was mentioned that I have taste. Look, I think some people are able to recognize the things that they don't like that are good, and some people aren't. It's just a part of life. Well, listen, we've already talked about sports, and I've disparaged anime, so statistically <laughs> we have no listeners left, but okay. um, I'm gonna keep going anyway. Um, this is Escape the Dungeon. Our idea is right in the name there. We are going to play a bunch of different tabletop role-playing games other than the one published by Wizards of the Coast. Um, we have played that game a lot as this group before we moved on to uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is sort of our standard game these days. But the four of us just really, really love tabletop role-playing games and for a long time we've talked about how we want to play more we want to play more kinds of games and we thought that this would be the perfect opportunity for us to do this because there are so many games out there right like i i've got a bookshelf full of them that i've barely ever cracked open um, and so we're hoping to explore those uh, through this series. How this podcast is going to work is it's going to be seasonal. Uh, each season, we're going to play a different kind of role-playing game focused on playing a different kind of story. And we're going to just see if we like it or not. Um, and that's that's really what we're hoping to get out of this. Um, and... Guys, everyone can expect us to be total experts, masters of the rules of these games as we play them, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. I, this I is... definitely read any of the books. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I actually did read. Well, I haven't read the like the full book come back to front, no. but like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've, done I, it I've literally never read a full book of a single game I've played in yeah, all the years I've been playing role playing. I've games. never read a full book of a game I've ever. Done. <laughs> um, no, I, I you got I, you. I, I like reading. Um, but, you know, with, with tabletop games, it's like you, you, you there's information in places that like forces you to jump around with it that like. It's so hard to just read cover to cover because it's why? why well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read like all the rules to the wizard because I'm never going to play it. <laughs> I it's just not gonna love to read a rule book 
cover to cover like so genuinely so yeah. unironically i love it I <laughs> genuinely I'm believe totally that unsurprised it's such a huge nerd move i mean mad respect but i can't I, no yeah i mean i'm i'm not surprised it you know but yeah i normally just like to read the stuff that i think is probably gonna matter like the monster <laughs> manual yeah, never even look at that. That's the dumbest um, thing I've ever heard. You know, your classes and races, if we got some stuff. And then some of the important rules, you know, like the sneak rules. <laughs> oh my goodness, the sneak rules. Yeah, so these are going to be brand new games to us, games that we've barely played. And um, no, we're not going to be experts in these. Um, we are going to be actively learning how to play as we play them as part of this podcast. Um, and that's something we're all really excited about, um, to, to get to dip our toes uh, in these, these different systems. Um, the first system that we're going to play and that I will be your game master for is a game called Scum and Villainy. You guys are excited about this one, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go to space, yeah. baby. Are you kidding me? I was a Star Wars child. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be a game where you three are going to be playing a crew of space criminals in a galaxy that is uh, ruled over by a dark fascist hegemony that controls all aspects of life. There are going to be uh, mystical warriors attuned to the mysterious powers of the way. There are going to be scoundrels and bounty hunters uh, vying for power, um, vying for influence between the many different factions that uh, have power within the galaxy. And you are going to be a small-time crew in the middle of that, trying to earn credits and make a name for yourselves. Um, what about that, like, game pitch? What about that summary is, like, most attractive to you guys? Don't even get me started. Are you kidding me? I, I'm getting you started. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, the whole point. <laughs> yeah, what are you uh, doing? Yeah, I guess it would be a pretty boring podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, come on, that classic crew-style adventure, just, you know, on a spaceship, beyond just, I mean, your obvious uh, Han, Luke, and Leia with, you know, the rest of them, they, like, you, it's just a, a trope that's, like, always fun, the the crew on the star trip, you know, on the starship, you know, you're cowboy bebop and you know stuff like that it's just it's just fun yeah i mean it's just like space is just a fun place to go because there's so many interesting fantastical elements you can bring in and there's also just a ton of fun like philosophical ideas you can sort of explore um yeah it's just really cool and uh, i'm super stoked i'm really interested to see where the sci-fi angles go you can apply a lot of different types of stories just to 
space, you know? And it's just a cool, different, uh, you know, environment to play it all in. You know, I mean... Oh, yeah, compared to what we're used to, it's it's fun to actually get to, you know, try a crack at uh, sort of this sort of story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's normally your... Uh, your you know your pathfinder in that other game uh you know the swords and dragons and stuff and i i mean don't get me wrong who doesn't love dragons and swords but um uh these the spaceships and uh you know laser swords are pretty cool too so yeah i think i i agree with dom that like i love sci-fi because you get to like explore like deep philosophical questions but like from weird angles that like you know from just like the most obscure angles um and so i love i love that uh, i love like the ideas of the philosophy with like robots and a- different alien species and like how you deal with each other and um very excited for all of that Nate, what is like what is one like specific thing about sci-fi that you you're interested in that that you you frankly expect to see in this kind of game and in, in the kind of story where uh, a group of you know smugglers or bounty hunters or rebels are are flying through the galaxy. I think in Scum and Villainy in particular, um, I think I've been pushing uh, for us to play this game for a while now. And I love it because it's it's like high stakes, but it's upbeat about it. It's like, let's uh, traverse the odds. So I want a, like a giant spaceship battle. Um, I want some, you know, just some one-on-one spaceship fights, but also just a giant spaceship battle where it's like, we can't get through this, but then we go for it anyway because we're crazy space pirates. Yeah. Now, when you say, like, a a giant spaceship battle, are you imagining, like, tons of little, you know, single-person-operated starships, like, darting in and out, or are you talking about, like, a behemoth you know destroyer you know blowing up planets you know what do you what do you imagine what do you visualize um i think i'd be happier with either i'd rather not like so much a planet destroyer so much as just giant a giant ship that it's like how do we stop this thing with our little fighter um because man i remember those space fights in battlefront 2 that was a fun fun time um but like yeah just like you know wars in in spaceships yeah yeah Yeah, definitely Um, lots of robots zach how about you like what is one thing you you expect nay demand to see in this kind of story i'm a huge fan of just the kind of survival aspect of being that crew out in space like doing whatever you got to like 
just the classic spacer vibe of like, I'll take a job because we're almost out of fuel. Mm. Or like, you know, just that classic kind of just almost pirate-esque feel you get from a lot of that like blue collar space feeling yeah yeah where it's like you know like these guys came out here to make a life but of course we can't start out on top you know i mean and like these are people doing their jobs like there's a lot of unglamorous unromantic aspects to you know day-to-day life in these kinds of settings where you know somebody's got a haul fuel from planet to planet and you know make their deadlines and make their deliveries on time um and it just so happens that they're doing that like in the middle of a war between galactic tyrants and rebels exactly sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) maybe this week you're gonna haul fuel through a safe area maybe next week you're going to capture a criminal uh that uh you know a white collar criminal that went on the run to space russia Russia. what about you mike what what drew you to scum and villainy and what kind of tropes do you hope to see you know what trope I love, and this is this is sort of going off of what Zach said, but I love in sci-fi and like galactic level sci-fi when it's like weirdly low tech and dirty mm-hmm. and like it's not like sleek, sexy spaceships and chrome everywhere. It's like, yeah, this is my dirty brown spaceship uh, that barely works. It's held together by, uh, you know, space duct tape and space glue. Um, and every mission might be its last because it might just, you know, explode into a fireball when I turn the ignition. Entirely um, practical effects. No CGI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love when sci-fi tech is like bulky and you know it it, they don't have iphones in space they have like those late 80s giant cell phones you know that's (laughs) what i'm talking about (laughs) so i can't have a bluetooth phone is what you're telling me (laughs) not not if i get my way you can have like (laughs) Like, so, so some of the equipment that is, you know, your characters can have in this game is, like, hacking tools and stuff like that. Um, and I Love that personally shit. find it so much fun if your hacking tool isn't, like, a little Palm Pilot. It's, like, a big old suitcase you gotta bust <laughs> out and, like, pull the antenna up and, like, jack into things um and like it's 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 almost um you know your classic 80s style sci-fi before (laughs) they knew that small technology was possible yeah 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 give me give me big bulky dirty space obviously bigger the better 
<laughs> yeah, all them. How am I going to hack into the supercomputer with this tiny little gizmo? I need the mega. I get me the the extra big hacking machine. <laughs> just imagining someone like they're hacking, like they they're just bringing around like a full like computer tower. And they just plug it in, <laughs> and it's the loudest fucking thing. Like on thing. their backpack. It's not like <laughs> yeah, backpack. yeah. Pull a mouse from their holster on their side and start just. You have like a sep- separate box that's just the fan, it's the cooling system. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just like holstered onto you as well. Like all the computers are monochromatic, so it's just it's one color. Yeah, against yes, like a absolutely. black screen, and that's it. And like you, your video feed is in like 320p or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there are holograms, but the quality is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh Dom, how about you? What is what's like a big uh sci-fi trope that you're all about? Yeah, so um there there's definitely a number of things in general in just sci-fi i really like exploring whatever sort of scientific ideas are kind of present within the uh the formula of the uh the particular piece so like how a certain like if there's a certain type of fuel that uh is very important to people or uh um, now in space i think the big element becomes how far technologies come so one of the big ones is going to be robots robots are a really cool place for sci-fi ideas to really explore consciousness and uh you know what what it means to be human and what you know a living creature with rights is uh so i really like those stuff um i'm a big fan of what you guys were kind of talking about the sort of contrast almost between and that's very much the vibe we're going for with the story, but like sort of that contrasting element of, Hey, we're in space and super crazy, but like, you know, it's just, just some guys in space just doing space stuff. And it's like, this is what happens when this becomes sort of layman's technology and like everyone's able to sort of get in there and it's not just super rich people or crazy scientists. It's like people just doing their jobs, living their lives um and there's just a cool contrast there i think that makes it a really interesting place to tell stories like the idea of when we didn't have everything kind of discovered sometimes people would just be like fuck it i'm gonna try and make money by looking for gold yeah 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 <laughs> just like you know you're like oh i got a spaceship yeah we could do this we're like basically yeah we we can yeah. do a little smuggling it's no big deal whatever oh man. cowboys you know like just people just being like ah you know what look i can just you know yeah there are no laws do bounties. there's no one there's no one around yeah we're just gonna figure it out you know stuff yeah. stuff will happen yeah you know? this this specific kind of sci-fi um that we that we see seems to maybe be the best genre for like navigating both those extremely small scale and extremely large scale uh stories and situations where yeah that like you can go to a planet and they're like well our our we are simple 
you know, dust farmers, uh, and um, some local hooligans, uh, you know, stole our, our tools, so we're not going to be able to make harvest this year. And then, like, you zoom out from there, and there's the galactic hegemony who is flying around and going to war with space pirates and, you know, blowing up entire uh, space stations. And you can just kind of go back and forth between those stories and tell both of them at the same time. Yeah, like, how do these dust... How did these dust farmers get involved in this intergalactic conflict where it's like, oh, someone's doing this, which is affecting them in this major way that maybe isn't even intentional? Like, there's... It's just that classic butterfly effect stuff. Yeah, right, butterfly you know? effect stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot yeah, of but, scope. No, I mean, look, it's a cool setting. You know, it's, you know, you've got your different sci-fi settings, but for the spacer setting, the kind of thing that we're doing with a spaceship, I think this is the way we, we way you gotta go, you know? Also, We're not doing the uh, cyberpunk kind of cityscape or... You know, even the steampunky kind of also more, you know, on a single place. This is like that spacer stuff. Yeah, it's it's this very specific uh, genre. Um, I mean, we're we're talking about this like the some of the biggest movies ever aren't <laughs> in this genre. I'm but, sure um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but I, I think it's it's this really special and unique kind of of world uh, and setting, and I'm really excited to um, to get into it. And I mean, for for you guys to specifically be playing a group of criminals, people who are you know more or less out for yourselves and are always looking at the next job and always concerned about the amount of credits that you've got in the bank. And I, I'm just really interested in that. Um, tell me, guys, like, what, what, what about that? What about, you know, that criminal aspect of it um, is, are you most interested in and excited about for this game? Well, personally, I like to think that we do our best to border the line between legality and criminal as much as possible. Um, like, you know, uh, there there are obviously, you know, certain things, but we're not trying to draw, like, horrific attention to ourselves. But uh, I, I, I think that's part of the fun here. You know, you you try and uh, work within as close to the line of the confines of not drawing too much attention of legal attention to yourself. I mean, sometimes things got to happen, you know, um, but obviously, you know, we don't want to make ourselves enemies. Yeah, I think um... too many people. Something great about like this uh, setting in general is that like the Empire shit. I mean, Tyler cut that. 
the hegemony hegemony i don't know how to say it um hegemony is i've like, been confidently saying hegemony without looking it up so <laughs> sounds good to me hegemony um is like part of like it's like this big giant evil space government and so i think that's part of the charm to these like forged in the dark games is like you're not going into like this ideal world that's like run by good people you know it's like yeah you're a criminal but like that in no way means that you are the bad guy in this scenario um Mm -hmm. you are just someone trying to make ends meet in like this crazy setting in this crazy world and uh so you're kind of it's it's a little bit of like your characters are free to do whatever you don't don't feel too confined and let's have some fun uh doing crazy shit yeah i mean uh one thing i i would want to hit on actually there is um uh because you guys are talking a lot about how it's like we're not like bad guys but it's like a little bit we kind of are probably well okay no no i never said we weren't <laughs> no 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 i know guys. i know i'm just like clarifying. i mean look we're not though i mean obviously look i don't want to sit here and try and tell everybody that our first campaign we're gonna be a bunch of total like scumbags um although like the literal name of the game we're playing is scum and villainy so um you know we'll see but <laughs> um yeah like i just uh, yeah I, very I light that... on the scum and villainy here uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no i just like mean, we're gonna see what happens yeah, but i but, think um these you know, spaces i don't stories... think our guys view themselves as bad guys they're not necessarily trying to break the law constantly it's just that you know the law is you know something that you obey when people are watching well, um, maybe let's talk a little bit about the characters that you guys are going to be playing because you have already uh, rolled up your characters um, and I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, you've decided that you you specifically want your characters to be bounty hunters. Um, tell me what why that why bounty hunters instead of uh smugglers or rebels what what made bounty hunting so appealing i really like I bounty the hunters Mandalorian fun. on disney plus <laughs> i think it's a great show um, yeah i was thinking that not they're sponsored so this episode many. <laughs> they're not this episode Look, but we're we you think we'll get the, the mandalorian come, come we're gonna disney, be please. rolling in that disney money in no time baby <laughs> i mean that was the plan from the beginning right guys <laughs> oh yeah obviously definitely will we're perfectly happy to be corrupted I'm going to have this MP3 file on Walt's <laughs> desk by Monday, and I'm just going to be like, money, please. <laughs> yeah, we definitely had a major contribution to your revenue by promoting uh, oh, yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> this that, little indie show, uh, The Mandalorian. Yeah, that nobody's heard of. Yeah, literally, no mostly watched by like our friends and family. Season three out me? today. I'm gonna be I real think? here. There's no oh, yeah. chance our parents. Perfect timing. And we're all related. Show, so that's like three, three of the four people 
their parents aren't going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Wow. No, Shit is in a foot already. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's funny is because if our mom does listen to this, she's just definitely going to give me shit for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't confidently say that my dad knows what a podcast is. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's. uh. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, yeah, so that's still a three is, people, right? We're good. We're good. This is part of the plan. We know what we're doing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, so, like, bounty uh, hunters. Bounty hunters. Uh, yeah. Bounty hunters. <laughs> yes, this is definitely going to have to get cut up to fuck. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I mean, bounty hunters. Uh, well, okay, we picked it because of the ship, I think, but... Uh, well, no, it wasn't also, because we didn't of the shit. Be Genuinely, no, that. it wasn't just that. Look, <laughs> well, no, the, there's a lot of class. I I think bounty hunters are versatile. That's yeah, I why I like bounty hunters because bounty hunter doesn't necessarily mean I'm. We're going after this guy and we're gonna kill him. It, it, you know, <sighs> it feels I mean, I'm gonna be a cowboy, like, and I think um, space cowboys are one of the funnest things to do in this kind exactly. of thing. Because then it's just like planet to planet, where are you going for this mission? Um and you know, then you you get embroiled in some other plot maybe in between what's actually happening for just the mission. And you just you go from place to place and kind of drift. And I think bounty hunters you know, everyone loves a good space cowboy. Very suitable for that. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think space smugglers cowboy. are pretty good too, but I think, uh, I, I don't know as much with you guys, but I definitely wanted to move away from smugglers, and I definitely didn't want to be rebels. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Uh, look, rebels are cool, but I wasn't really feeling the Yeah, I don't think that was line. the dynamic any of us were going for, though. Bounty hunters feel like the the one where you can, like, you know, you confidently walk in. You know, and everybody's like, oh, shit, the bounty hunters are here. And, you know, it, it's not it's not as uh, secretive as the rebels. It's not as shifty as the smugglers. It's the, the sexiest choice. It, it's yeah, the sexiest I, think, choice. I think it kind of well, is. I think it's the most moldable choice. You know, you can be a bounty hunter in any way you feel like. Okay, I mean, true. I can argue with you here. There's a ton of ways to do smugglers, but I'm not going to get into that. I, no, I would have no, no, been totally look, happy I see with what smugglers. You're saying here. I, like, I like the idea of smugglers. And that, like, that's not to say the, you'll never commit an trick. act of I think smuggling we can or an act of rebellion in yeah. this game. No, my character um, would never do that. <laughs> but, you know, you could be a sneaky bounty hunter, obviously, you know. Yeah, my character would never do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. But, like, I guess, I don't know. To me... The main reason I specifically was interested in the bounty hunter is because it felt very uh, versatile and moldable to the types of stories that you could do, uh, and the, and and that felt like it fit the kind of crew we were looking for. Where, like, at the end of the day, I mean, there's a bit of a difference between bounty hunting and smuggling, but like. If you're smuggling a person that doesn't want to be smuggled, how different is that? Well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically the same thing in a certain way. 
Uh, what is human trafficking, if not... No! <laughs> well, look. Ooh, um, no, it's <laughs> alien trafficking. That's not what totally I was saying. But, hey, look. <laughs> I feel like the... With me, you know, as Nate mentioned, that, like, something about the, you know, exploring space really evokes that kind of Wild West feel. You know, just big expanses of nothing and the you know lawlessness that comes with that uh it seems like space would be typically rife with things like pirating and stuff like that oh yeah and i'll i'll uh, let you guys know right now um you're not gonna run out of opportunities to bounty hunt right (laughs) um the the jobs will be a plenty um, but let's talk a little bit about your, your individual characters, because you have made those already. Um, Forged in the Dark games, uh, like Scum and Villainy, have, uh, playbooks, is what they call them, that you can choose between that is what other games might call a character class, uh, gives you a bunch of your abilities and powers and whatnot. Uh, Zach, what, which playbook did you choose and why? I thought long and hard about this. There was a number of playbooks I was really interested in, but I had to go with the scoundrel. I mean, I feel like I barely need to explain why, but of course I will. We're going to be bounty hunters or or smugglers. I mean, the scoundrel, you know? I mean, I, the, the combination of prowess and charisma that you associate with a scoundrel is just... It just sounds like the fun, classic, piratey-esque class, class to play for this kind of game. Or playbook, I guess I should say using official terminology it yeah i mean uh, all the playbooks are you know these iconic character archetypes for these kind of stories but scoundrel does kind of seem like the most iconic um maybe even more iconic than the one that dom chose um dom the what mystic what... yeah i chose the the mystic uh it's kind of a space monk wizardy guy, uh, maybe kind of a warrior with uh, magical powers. Follows the path of the way. The way. What do uh, what do mystics say in in this world? Um, the the way follows you. The way. Uh, oh wait! Does, uh, they, they, the uh, way uh, I knew this. Oh, something. Oh god! There's something about lead the way in this. I mean, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the way leads the find it's not the quite way. That, but find the way. You know, think about it. May you find yeah, the way. Exactly. Hmm, I like that name. May you find the way. I feel like that's a fun like goodbye to the world. <laughs> For the you know. world? Yeah, you just like bow to someone. May you find the way. May you find the way. And also with you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, uh, there's a few 
huge examples in pop culture of space mystics, um, iconic in its own right. But I mean, like every sci-fi thing's got a scoundrel, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the classic. Your, you know, your Star Lords, your Han Solos, your Spike Spiegels, like every space kind of you know spacer type kind of thing with a crew like that is either led by or has in a very important role a scoundrel definitely um but i mean the mystic is maybe the most important like in universe in the setting um because they they have this power that nobody else does um dom what what attracted you to the mystic i think the main thing that attracted me to the mystic was the fact that they are the most important and i just wanted everyone to pay attention to my character so it just seemed like the best move no i mean we needed we needed a mystic uh someone made a joke comment uh, about like how we needed a not jedi and i'm like oh my god yes yeah i gotta do it so I decided to be that for, for the team. Uh, it just seemed like a cool, obvious pick that's like, you can't go wrong with. Yeah, actually, Dom and I were talking. That was basically the conversation between us was like, okay, look, both of us agree that these are the two that we need. Because Nate had already decided his... Yeah, his, immediately. He had the uh, full backstory. He, he, he immediately was. had an amazing idea that we love, and we both agreed that these are the two other ones. Yeah, I mean, we were just filling out the part. Like, there's no choice. (laughs) (laughs) But, look, that leads us to to, to Nate, who who had a a pretty great idea. So, uh, you know, we'll let him Yeah, I think, um, for me, my first thought was on the character's ancestry. I really wanted to be a manufactured um, so like a clone or a robot, probably a robot. Um, and then I just had a fun idea of like, what if I was a pilot, um, which is my my class, uh, my playbook, sorry. Uh, Tyler cut that. And, you know, a, a robot pilot who can, you know, calculate everything happening like in a way that uh, a human just wouldn't be able to but who you know his, his he he's an older bot that's been damaged a bit and so his his programming's a little wonky and so you know he's not kind of constrained in the same way other robots are in in his recklessness um, and so yeah. to kind of create the the best pilot in the galaxy, that was that was my goal. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, every starship is going to need a pilot and um, who better than the quote unquote best pilot in the galaxy? Uh, whether Trademark. The... <laughs> <Trademark>. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. No one else could say it. I'm the best. <laughs> That's done. That's in the bag, guys. Uh, whether you live up to your self-proclaimed re- uh, reputation, we'll see. Trademark reputation. Dies in the first session. <laughs> <laughs>
That would be extremely funny if you have that trademarked in universe. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be. I really like I, that. I'm going to say you do. Sweet. Um, uh, <laughs> As the GM, this is a thing you need to do now. Well, that's great because my character's nemesis is a professional racer. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm glad you picked that one. That was the I know. one I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about your characters. I'm really excited about this game. Um, like I said, we're we're going to be learning as we go. Uh, I think you've all played two sessions of this. I've played one session of it before we uh, are going to start recording the for real campaign. So um, if you've listened this far, uh, bear with us. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It, it's gonna be exciting, and we do get better at things as we go. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we mostly know how to play Pathfinder by now. After oh, like basically two years. experts. <laughs> yeah, dude. I actually feel like a pro. Are you kidding me? Like. We started playing Pathfinder 2E kind of early. I still learn new things about it every day. Lifespan. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I I completely agree with you. You know what, guys? I know all the champions ability. I know everything about Pathfinder. Well, before we devolve too much into that conversation, um, how about we we decide how we're going to start this actual campaign, right? Uh, how we want to launch into the world of scum and villainy. Um, I'm going to start you guys off in the midst of a job, the job being one of the core gameplay cycles of this, how you earn coin, how you earn reputation. And we, I mean, it's got to be in the middle of a job that's not going super great, right? I say we we have I mean, someone captured, Look, but we are on I have an idea. being chased by a powerful group as we try to get them to the destination. Okay, well, look, that's a great idea. I just want to throw mine out there and see what you guys think. I think we should be trying to recapture the equivalent of a space tiger. <laughs> Um, for a really rich benefactor, it's a space tiger that can teleport like certain distances. Uh, oh, blink cats! Those are fun. Um, and um, we're having a bad time with it because it's a space tiger. Personally, I, I just really like that, and I like to think that um we stole this space tiger from someone who already really hated us that i think is a great idea tell me a little bit about um who you're doing this job for uh there's a ton of different factions in this in this game um there's like we're we're not going to go into the specifics right now into the nitty-gritty we will in the actual campaign but basically the factions are divided into um government 
criminal and cult factions which do you think you you are acting for and which do you think you like stole this tiger from in the first place um is there i assume there are multiple of each that faction oh there's like yeah okay so look i think i can safely say that we are both acting for and against criminal organizations cool uh maybe against a cult organization but there is i imagine some rich yeah i was thinking of a mob boss yeah that mob boss kind of lost his tiger and then probably it got stolen by some other uh yeah i like zach rival uh, gang who's your rival zach uh, let me tell you, it's uh, Nix, the money lender. Ah, so what if we stole the uh, tiger from that guy? Oh, okay, yeah, that would be reasonable. I think that would be fun. And uh, what if uh, we're bringing it to uh, Nate? Who's your friend? Yatu, a gang boss. Oh well, that just is perfect. Actually, yeah, I just thought that seemed like <laughs> a fun, fun way to take that. Yeah, so you guys will be in the middle of a job to try and uh, recapture a stolen and lost space tiger to deliver to a dangerous gang boss. And we will we will see how that goes at the start of the first episode of our Scum and Villainy campaign. Are you guys excited? Yeah! I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> i am so thrilled to be doing this i'm so happy to be doing it with my three good buddies and i'm hopeful that uh an audience is gonna be interested in listening to to us and join us as we hold on wait for it escape the dungeon i said the name of the thing oh um, it. yes okay great I've I've got one little surprise left for our listeners, and that's that um our wonderful silent editor Tyler has composed uh, some original score for us that we're going to be using to kick off this campaign. You're going to probably hear it at the start of every episode, but how about for now we play it off? We play off the episode today with that super sweet music. <laughs>